0: Welcome to Faith Builder We hope that you're blessed by today's program It is our desire, our aim The reason why we make the effort Is to be an encouragement And a blessing to the listener If you have any questions We would love to hear from you Any topics you'd like us to cover Or maybe someone you would like us to interview Send me an email at Pastor at springridgechurch.com And thank you for tuning in Hello and welcome to Faith Builder. It is our grand, holy privilege. Hello, welcome to Faith Builder. My name is Scott Phillips and I am glad today to come to you to share with you the truth of God's Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we know that faith is is a mechanism that we walk in the path of salvation. And so, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we want to build your faith uh, in God. And ultimately, the the foundation of our faith is in the word. There are many subjects that we could discuss, but probably one of the most common uh, sources of confusion and debate is around the area of answering the question of salvation. What is salvation? Salvation uh, in a Christian setting is the, the belief that, that, that Jesus came to save us from our sins. He shed his blood that our sins could be forgiven he died on the cross, he took stripes on his back, he, he endured the, the cross, despised the shame. Uh, all of the Christian's salvation is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And almost all people that uh, fall under the umbrella of Christianity believe that big idea, Jesus came to save us from our sins. We are saved from our sins through Jesus Christ. But here is a question many different groups answer different ways. And the question is, what do I need to do to be saved? Uh, some people answer that question uh, one way, others answer it another way. Uh, you could ask multiple people that that claim the same denomination, and they may tell you 12 different ways. And so how is it that we all believe in Jesus, but how to uh, be saved by Jesus is communicated and demonstrated in different ways? And so why is that? Why is the fact there are so many different uh, formulas, uh, methods, that people are given to be saved? Every Sunday, there are people that go to uh, go in buildings and go in arenas and they go places and someone preaches about Jesus and their their desire is I want to be saved. And what they hear is not the same in every place. And so that's what I want to try to to deal with in just a few moments and over the next few videos, I, I'm, I'm going to try to to make it clear and give you uh, 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 directions so you can study it for yourself. Anytime I uh, deal with this question, uh, I don't use uh, special charts or special uh, printed material, uh, though these are helpful things. uh, I truly believe it is important for people to understand that the way to be saved it's not a Baptist salvation or a Catholic salvation or a Methodist salvation or a Mormon salvation or Adventist salvation or Church of Christ salvation or a Pentecostal salvation. That There's only one way to be saved. No doubt Jesus is the way we get saved, but how do we enter into that place of salvation? And so I would like to just start out with this point, the way people explain and lead people into salvation is based upon the tradition that they have adopted. Um, there are sincere people, uh, young people mostly, they, uh, as a young person, uh, desire to do something for God. They feel a, a call of ministry on their life, a desire to be uh, help help other people. And oftentimes, they will go to the seminary of the particular denomination they're raised in. So young uh, Baptist students go to a Baptist seminary, young Catholic students go to a Catholic seminary, Methodist, Anglican, Episcopal, uh, Church of God, uh, Church of Christ. Everybody kind of goes to their various uh, schools for their uh, tradition. And so how people answer that question is often based upon the preachers and teachers they've heard, and those preachers and teachers they've heard heard it from someone who taught it to them, based up on the tradition that they have adopted. And many, most people uh, don't have the the intellectual curiosity to dig beyond the envelope of whatever box they've been in. In fact, a lot of people that call themselves non-denominational, everybody likes that, but if you get down into the the, the details, they may call themselves non-denominational, but it really, almost without exception, they still, the, the leaders are still adopting a particular segment of Christianity, and they are adopting that tradition that that exist separately in all these little boxes. And so many non denominational churches, they really are Southern Baptists, or they're really uh, uh Methodist or they're uh, Presbyterian of different different labels. And so they that they understand people are have been turned off historically by denominations. And so to appeal to them, they have erased the denominational name, but they still have the denominational traditions. And so Here's here's what we want to do. We want to talk about tradition, Uh, uh, the means, the method, and the mode of salvation from a biblical standpoint and contrast that to the traditional uh, uh, answers that are given. So here's some traditions, Catholic tradition. Uh, Catholicism is... uh, one of the oldest, uh, recognized Christian uh, churches, denominations in the world. Uh, there's there's over a billion Catholics all over the world, and uh, there are many different books that are a part of the Catholic tradition. You have a Bible, and then you have you have libraries and, <laughs> and coliseums full of books that are written by the over 250 different popes, there's cardinals and and church councils, and there is just uh, an an unthinkable amount of material that is mixed into uh, the teaching of scripture and it just stacks up 2,000 years uh, of uh, Catholic tradition, really uh, Catholicism as we know it today. Uh, Begin around the time of the Council of Nicaea uh, and and it just kind of grew out from there. Uh, Many of the doctrines that are taught today by modern-day Catholicism didn't even exist uh, 500 years after the death of Christ. The the idea of a Pope uh, didn't even come into existence as a doctrine until about a thousand years after Christ. Uh, praying to Mary and uh, praying the Rosary. Uh, it is a tradition, and people are taught in this tradition. And there's all kinds of stuff in Catholic tradition that that not only isn't in Scripture, but Scripture plainly states, "Don't do this," and don't and avoid people that do this. But Catholicism has embraced it, and it's a part of their tradition. And from Catholicism, there was a Reformation. And and the Reformation was born from the fact that that, that priests of that day, religious leaders of that day, were rebelling against the current tradition. And so they desired to reform Christianity. They didn't really try to, to change all of Catholic tradition, just the parts that they disagreed with. And so there was born the Reformation. I'm talking in real big ideas. There's a lot of detail, a lot of interesting history. But uh, a man by the name of uh, Martin Luther, uh, he had a strong uh, disagreement with the Catholic Church while they were trying to build what is seen in Rome, uh, St. Peter's Basilica. And there was a doctrine that was formulated that the virtue of Jesus Christ resided in the, the Catholic Church, and people could purchase the virtue of Jesus Christ through the means of money. And so they would sell uh, what was called indulgences. Indulgences would be sold uh, in, in like a stock or a bond, and they would use that. They would believe that that gave them the forgiveness of sins. The priest would take that money, send it back to Rome, and when you see the Pope come out in Rome, that big beautiful architectural wonder of the world that was built by the means of false doctrine, the doctrine that you can purchase spiritual things with money, simony. Uh, that's how they built the the many Catholic uh, buildings, was done, built on the idea that people give money and their sin is dealt with. In fact, if you study a little bit about the Crusades, what motivated many of the kings and lords and and knights is they were told if they did a they went on a crusade for Christ to help the middle east dealing with the muslim invasion uh they would receive the the remission of sins and so this idea of remission of sins that that in the in 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 a, a, a nutshell is salvation salvation is dealing with our sins So Catholicism had reached a point that you could buy your salvation, buy your forgiveness by writing out a check. Martin Luther didn't believe that. And he had an epiphany. The just shall live by faith. We're saved by faith. And the big idea of Martin Luther that still defines him today and most all of the reformers followed this big idea was that you're saved by faith alone. It's a tradition that was in response to the tradition of Catholicism. Catholicism had become such a corrupted and perverted form of Christianity that the response to this error is they made a declaration that seems to be virtuous in comparison, but it is, it is an error and a, a falsity that is as great as the Catholic. Uh, the Catholic was uh, you have to do all kinds of things to be saved. You've got to pray so many Our Fathers, Hail Marys, uh, penance, uh, and even you do all that you may go to pur- purgatory and then your family could pray you out or pay you out. You're just never really saved in Catholicism. So Martin Luther's big idea was that we are saved by faith alone. Now, and in, in, in almost every Reformed Group that followed the, the trajectory of Luther, they maintained that, that salient point. And so Martin Luther and John Calvin are probably, arguably, the most uh, influential reformers. There were many. Uh, the, the, the seeds of the Reformation were planted because there were people that died. To translate the Bible into a language the common people could read it, the Bible was written uh, that was being used was written in Latin. The, the language of the services was Latin. The language of the of the prayers were Latin, and so they would have a church in Germany who didn't understand Latin, but they were hearing sermons in Latin. They were praying in Latin. Everything was done in a language they didn't understand, and they surely couldn't read it. So there were many valiant souls that died. The Catholic Church uh, had them martyred because they were trying to translate the scripture in language in a language people could understand. And so this is all kind of in the mixture of the Reformation. It's kind of the seeds that brought it to pass. But but from this Reformation, you have a Lutheran, the Lutheran Church. You have you have the Reformed groups. Uh, uh, John Calvin and he he, he added to uh, his stack uh, of doctrines that were in response to the errors of Catholicism and rather than rather than going back to the original teachings of the scripture ba- based upon what Jesus taught and and Jesus' hand-picked apostles taught uh, that they rather than returning to the original, that they just reformed this this corrupt, twisted doctrines, and they 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 tried to pick the the most the ones they disagreed with the most, and they built their own stack of tradition. And so today there are all kinds of tradition that isn't Catholic tradition, but it's Lutheran tradition. Uh, uh, there, there is the Anglican Church, and the Anglican Church they were they they rejected the authority of the Pope. And the authority of the the corporate church based in Rome, uh, th- because the the church in Rome, if they liked you, they could give you permission to have a divorce or have your marriage annulled. And uh, when they said no, the king in England said, "Well, I don't have to obey a pope or obey the church." So they broke off and and they authorized, uh, you know, the English Bible and and there's all kinds of good things that came from that but it was still it, they weren't seeking to go back to the original they were just establishing new tradition in competition to old tradition and so that's that's the thing i want you to understand almost every denomination they have their traditions they have they're stacks of books, their, their libraries of magazines, of articles, of writings, of dreams, of visions, of, of all these various historical personalities, most of which have passed from the scene. But their words have received this uh, authoritative, uh, divine, uh, uh, um, God-like authority so that the things that John Calvin has written... Uh, you have the bible here and you have calvin here and if the scripture ever disagrees with calvin calvin is raised above the word anything that that martin luther taught that, that that's in, in contradiction to scripture they 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 raise the tradition above the word and that's true for advent the adventist uh they they have their prophetess and prophet Uh, uh, then you have the Christian scientists, you have the Mormons, you have the Jehovah's Witnesses, and you have other denominations like Methodist, John Wesley. Uh, He was an Anglican priest who uh, had a, 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 a spiritual experience and it caused him to become a student of the word and those that fell under his influence made more strides toward the original but yet he around him has established the same kind of tradition. And so the reason why there are so many answers on how to be saved is there are there is so much different traditions and oftentimes the the Bible the, the word of God though it is claimed to be the authority When it comes to issues of salvation and ethics, uh, the tradition is lifted up as a substitute and to fill in anything on any issues that they've agreed on. I had I I was a part of a meeting connected to a private school that my children were going to, and and it was mostly a reformed. uh, The the school was started by a, a a reformed church and the people all were reformed believers and uh, there was a great controversy because the school had a speaker who didn't believe part of the tradition that they held the tradition that they held was it's called the Westminster Council and the Westminster Council it's it's the traditions they have chosen to believe and much of what is written uh it stands separate from the Word of God because of these practices and and recommendations and teachings. Uh, in some ways, they are uh, they're opposed and even uh, go against what the Scripture says. Fill stuff in and all kinds of stuff. And I remember they were arguing. Well, this man doesn't believe all of the Westminster Confession. And and I you know I I'm, I'm not a Reformed believer and I didn't really understand at that time really why they were so passionate about this extra biblical document, this council, if you will, and and I just said, well, does he believe the Bible? And they all looked at me like I had fallen out of a tree, because I said, you know, I don't believe in the Westminster Confession either. There's a lot of stuff in there that's 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 not biblical. And, you know, they didn't invite me to those meetings anymore. Again, tradition. Tradition is the thing that makes people receive, the reason why people receive different answers to how to be saved, that question. So this is what I want to leave you with. Jesus actually spoke to tradition. In Mark chapter 7 and verse 13, Jesus said that making the word of God of none effect through your tradition he he recognized that the problem with the Jews accepting Jesus as the Messiah is they believed a lot of things that were not in the Torah, but they were in the Jewish tradition. Uh, and and I remember when I, I heard I read this uh, a few years ago ago I went to a, a Jewish synagogue to learn uh, familiarize myself with with uh Hebrew, and they were teaching the Hebrew alphabet and the Hebrew letters and how to how to uh, write them and recognize them and read them and and ultimately learn some Hebrew words and uh, they're all Jewish people there's me and another guy that was there uh that weren't Jews, but it was open to the public we went paid for a little booklet and I went we went there for a number of months. And one day, the, uh, the, the teacher was relating something that their rabbi had taught on the previous Sabbath, and what he had taught was about Isaac and, and Abraham sacrificing him to Jehovah. And this is what she said, well, our rabbi told us the reason why that uh, Isaac didn't resist is because Isaac was a, a special needs child and didn't have the ability to resist, and I was just like, what? And she said, yeah, that's what our rabbi said. I said, have, I said, have you read the story of Abraham and Isaac? These are Jews. Now, now, I just want you to understand, it's fundamental to be a Jew to understand Abraham and Isaac because Isaac is where the seed of Abraham flowed. That's where the Hebrews came from, was from Isaac, Isaac, Isaac's children, grandchildren. And she looked at me and she said, Now, I'll be honest. This is a woman in her 50s. She said, I'll be honest. I know we call ourselves the people of the book, but most of us have never read it. I just was like, Really? You've never read the story, read the Bible, the Torah about Abraham and Isaac? She said, No. And we we went around the table, and over half the people had never read the story. And so they are taught that the Bible is not absolutely true. What is true is however their rabbi teaches them. His personal interpretation becomes the truth. And I looked at them, I said, well, do you believe in absolute truth? And they looked at me like I fell out of a tree. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if the Bible says it, it's absolutely true. And they all were almost like, no, oh no, no. The only thing that is true is what our rabbi tells us is true. And that's, that's the mentality. Jesus came to the Jewish people and Jesus told them that through your tradition, you've caused the word of God to have none effect. Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 39, mm-hmm. search the scriptures for in them, Think ye have eternal life? And they are they which testify of me. Jesus said, "Search the scriptures. Don't search your tradition. Don't, don't don't ask your rabbi. Don't don't listen just to your family members. What does the scripture teach? Because in the scriptures is where you will find salvation. In Acts seventeen eleven, uh, the writer Luke says uh, 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 that the the church there in seventeen these were more noble than those in Thessalonica." In that they receive the word with all readiness of mind and search the scripture daily to confirm what was in the word. In, in John chapter 7 and verse 38, Jesus proclaimed, he said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this is so important. It doesn't matter what the rabbi says, the preacher says, the teacher says, the disciple says, the, the, the pope says, uh, some a reformer says. What does the scripture says? Because Jesus said, if you, we believe on him as the, the scripture says, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I suggest to you the reason why many people do not have an overflowing faith experience is because they believe in Jesus in a way that's not scriptural or biblical. And so the thing that I would say to you, this is my pursuit. What did Jesus teach and what did his disciples, who he chose to build the church, who he chose to establish the church, who he told them, Whatsoever things I have told you, teach them. When, when, I, when you go and preach and establish the believers, what did they do? And how did they answer the question, what do I need to be saved? And so the reason why I call myself apostolic, I call myself apostolic is because I follow after the tradition that is found in the scripture that was established by the apostles. How, how did they answer the question, what do I need to do to be saved? How did they baptize those who wanted to be saved? What did they teach them? How did were they to live? What was their value? What was their priority? And I would say to you, no matter what your denomination is, no matter what your tradition is, we must be sure that what we believe, practice, and have experienced is scriptural, and not simply tradition, because tradition is the enemy of truth. And it is it can be quite controversial. Truth it, it will, will bring a persecution upon you. I have known of people that have chosen to follow the Scripture in the area of salvational uh, methods, modes, and means to obey what the apostles taught, and I have known them to uh, lose their congregations, to, to be ostracized from their family, to be ridiculed, and, and people of long-standing relationship have cut them off because they have studied the Scripture and they have found that what the Scripture teaches and is in direct opposition to what Luther said and what Calvin said and what uh, 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 the Pope has said and the various traditions have said. But I'll tell you, it's not just a matter of uh, words and arguing about various ideas, but when people repent of their sins, there is a virtue because that faith is built in what the Word of God says. I've seen people miraculously delivered when they've been baptized, immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ because they they are believing what the Scripture has said and they are receiving the spiritual benefit I've seen people that, that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And what happens to them is exactly what happened in Scripture. And what happens in Scripture oftentimes doesn't happen in tradition. And so I, this, this is my appeal for you that I may have said some things that connect with you. And here's my appeal. Search the Scriptures. Jesus says, search the Scriptures. Jesus said, he that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And so that, that's, that's the reason why when people ask the question, what must I do to be saved? There are hundreds, even thousands of different directions people will be given all from people that call themselves Christians. I know that over my ministry of uh, the, over 30 years, I have asked this question to pastors and teachers and deacons and elders and devout people. And I've said, do you know how the first believers experienced salvation? And I've had them look at me, blink their eyes, look up, close their eyes. And many of them, their answer was, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And I'll ask them and I'll ask you, don't you think it would be important to know how the first believers experienced salvation, what the apostles told them, taught them, led them in when they said desire to be saved. And here is the big question. Don't you think we should be doing today, preaching today, teaching today, leading believers today in that same method? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be saved the Catholic way? Methodist way, the Baptist way, the Pentecostal way, or do you want to be saved according to the Apostles' Doctrine? It's an easy answer. Search the Scriptures. Hello and welcome to Faith Builders. This is Scott Phillips, And I'm going to share with you just a few things from uh, my study over the past few days. And it is my intent that it would be a blessing to you. I hope that it is.